What's going on, all you dads out there and all you moms? Welcome into another episode of the Fade You Podcast. This is episode 130, recording on Tuesday, April 5th, 2022. Thank you for listening to the pod. Share it with all your friends. Uh, get us some more listens and um, keep listening. We got some good stuff coming. This is going to be a transition episode. Put a bow on college basketball. Look ahead to Major League Baseball. We'll talk the Masters. We got lots of good stuff on the horizon. My name is Matthew James on Twitter at Matthew James 78 joined by uh, most of the crew here tonight. So we got uh, Joe, Joe underscore knows underscore 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 on Twitter. And he is rocking a sweet Hawaiian shirt on this Tuesday evening. Joe looking pretty sexy over there. How's it going? Thanks dad. Yeah. Like I said, uh, before the pod, I went on like a little uh, boat ride over the weekend with unlimited booze and, Ever since then, I've just been on a little uh, Hawaiian shirt kick, so figured, fuck it, why not? Kyle, I didn't even recognize you. You got a haircut. If you want to call it that. I just got it, was the, uh, it was the end of an era. It was looking a little uh, little shaggy there in the yeah. back for a while. Yeah, we still got the hair on top, but I got tired of sweating and having it stick to the back of my neck, so Sounds I had to hot. just rip that off. <laughs> He's on Twitter at Kmart's underscore angles. Uh, Neil's wearing a disgusting looking blue shirt with a blue fucking banner in the background. The only blue I care about right now is the Kansas Jayhawks blue. But Neil, very similar, very similar to Dodger blue. Like UNC is that nice little teal, but Kansas Jayhawk blue is is almost as beautiful a color as Dodger blue is. Neil's on Twitter at Big Deli Buckets. He's going to have uh, lots of baseball stuff coming up here shortly as we're just a couple days away from opening day. And not on video, per usual, because he just, I don't know, he can't figure it out. Chris Duke, did you sell any windows today, Dad? I did. I sold a few windows. You know, a little three, $3,300 order. No biggie. It's... uh kind of shitty but it'll do every little bit helps i'm not on video today dad because i am on the road and uh i'm not in my you know little office like we were with taylor mathis where i have my nice little cox hat on and my fade you shirt on so i'm letting you gorgeous dads be on video tonight your car is your office chris exactly he's on twitter at hazmat suit 23 speaking of cox by the way not going where you think we're going Congratulations to the women of South Carolina, the Cox National Champions. Lady Lady Cox. Nice. Something like that. Make sure you're following Fade U on Twitter at Fade U Sports. Uh, We are trying to create some new shit for you guys. So we do have a YouTube channel uh, that is in the Twitter bio. We actually have a, a TikTok now. Chris is the star of the TikTok. We have one video from us celebrating and banging uh, Georgia State at the 16 seed covering versus uh, Gonzaga in the clubhouse at the Westgate. Uh, that video stars Chris. So check us out on TikTok. That one is actually at Fade University. We have the trademark. We might as well fucking use it. So uh, we are on Twitter, YouTube, TikTok, and we'll see where else the summer takes us. But let's uh, let's put a bow on college basketball. Um Last night went really well for yours truly. Uh, Neil, you said it earlier in the text group, could not have been a better result. Game goes under. I mean, I didn't really feel like I wanted to kill myself at any point, going back to what we said yesterday on our pregame stream. It was, I think, in fine shape pretty much throughout. Although when Kansas came out possessed to start the second half, you started to wonder if is this going to just be a crazy pace the rest of the way. Uh, it was not. Game went under. UNC covered. Now, I, maybe I hedged it wrong because I did the same on UNC spread and money line, so those just cancel each other out. But Kansas wins the game, cashes the futures ticket. It was amazing. Um, I mean, what do we think of the game? That was a classic. Yeah, 100%. I mean, to be down the way they were, they just looked 
dead, you know, at halftime. Um, figured they were going to wake up. I mean, I tweeted you guys, I took the Kansas over 42 and a half points in the second half. Um, so that hit nicely in never in a million years. I think that North Carolina wasn't going to get to 70 and was heartbroken because I had both teams to score over 70. Um, uh, so yeah, just didn't think that was going to happen, but you know, Kansas woke up and they just came out. They were pretty dominant. And I mean, I can go back to our pod that Kyle and I did about, you know, college basketball. We said we couldn't speak enough about how good Remy Martin could be and what a, what a difference maker that that kid could be for this team. And he sort of gave that whole Kansas team a, a shot of life in the second half. They all kind of woke up and, and got their act together and kudos to them. Uh, shout out to UNC, the way they finished this tournament. They finished the tournament with six straight covers and they cover 10 out of 11 to end the season. I think the only non-cover would have been the ACC tournament against who they lose to Virginia Tech. Virginia Tech, yeah. Okay, that's probably the only one. Uh, Kyle, you're on record at saying taking points is for pussies. How, how, how about them apples? I mean, I'm just, I'm just really dumb. Like I have Kansas in the future as you did, and I still play them first half game. Kind of kind of worked out because Den was on UNC, whatever. We all know I pick and choose his shit, but I don't I don't know. Like it, it's just made me kind of reconsider. You know, I, I need to take some of our fade you courses whenever, whenever I can pay for those because I clearly have no idea what I'm doing. Like I would fade me until eternity, not listen to a thing I say because I I don't know a fucking thing. Um I still think points is for pussies. Anytime you're laying juice, fuck that. Um, I, I like what you did personally. That's what I like doing money line and take the points. You know, I'd rather, I rather split zero than, than anything. I'm fine with that. Um, go for the bigger payout cause I'm selfish, but yeah, Kansas, Kansas on that inbound stepping out of bounds that, that to me was like, yeah, that makes sense. That's we, we saw that coming as soon as, as I placed more money on Kansas Got lucky with the uh, halftime lines, you know, thanks to Kelly, because um, I was very tempted to bet UNC there. So I just followed that and, you know, kind of made back some of those losses. I mean, it, we talk about it all the time. The end of game shit gets crazy. Like, yeah. I mean, we had we had over – Chris, what did we have over in the second half? Was it 79 because of Dan? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, big middle. Yeah. And it and we fell one point short. Is that right? Three. You got to think. A few points short, but uh, yeah. I mean, it would have probably got there if yeah, Kansas stays in bounds and they get fouled, make a make a free throw or two, and then you got to assume maybe you know North Carolina goes and then maybe there's more points. But yeah, that uh, step out was huge. So we talk about it all the time, like the end of games in in these call these are kids, like they're gonna make fucking weird mistakes and and they certainly did and that had some implications on the on the end of the game people were surprised that Kansas didn't foul when they're up three and they let UNC have a look um I mean a, a team that had been making a lot of threes in this tournament so uh crazy game I mean was it the biggest second half biggest comeback to win a, a championship since for how long did anybody catch that on the broadcast didn't see how long, but I did see it was, you know, the biggest. thought it was like 70, 1974 or something like that. So, um, man, the hell of a game. So, to put a bow on March Madness, this is from uh, Dave Tooley and then Josh Applebaum retweets it. Uh, Chris, you'll love this. Great March Madness for contrarian betters. Dogs go 56.5% ATS. Unders go 55.6% ATS. You want to just remind people why this is? Yeah, man, dogs and, and unders. And uh, we saw the Natty go under. I think a lot of people saw the final four games go over. And so they thought, you know, these two teams both scored 81. And the final four, why not again? And boom, it goes, you know, healthily under the first half. And then it stays under full. And uh, so, you know, this game, like we talk about, when it gets later on in the season, 
teams get tight. We saw that with Raptors and Golden State in the NBA last couple of years. And it's like, it's just people tighten up and people slow it down. And so good for us, good for dog betters. And uh, just wish Den happened to come in on, on Kansas. But, uh, oh, well, I'm glad for you guys. You guys catch your futures. And Maddie, you got your you got the perfect. You got your Kansas future and the dog to cover. I mean, it's all you can ask for. Yeah, I mean, found a way to cover one way or another. It definitely was looking like Kansas was going to cover that before that craziness at the end of the game. Uh, Applebaum will talk about it all the time that when the events get bigger, the public comes out of the woodwork, whether it's the Super Bowl, whether it's March Madness, and that's why you get inflated lines uh you get inflated totals we talked about that on the two dads one ball yesterday that it seemed like everyone in the world was on the over yet the number was coming down i think it ended up closing at 151 and a half uh despite all the everyone on the over so and sure enough the game goes under but when the public betters come out of the woodwork chris you, you'll say this all the time too is they love to hammer faves and overs and so if you can hold your nose a little bit and take some dogs and take some unders uh, you can have a profitable tournament, and and sometimes it's as simple as that. So, any other, anybody else have final thoughts on college hoops? Fun tournament. I'm sad. <laughs> I'm sad too. I thought one other sort of interesting note. You you know, giving credit to UNC, uh, they were 175 to one entering the tournament to win. So I I was listening to the Superbook. Uh, those guys do a podcast and they had some huge liability on yeah. UNC futures. So yeah. they were definitely rooting for Kansas to win last night at the, at the Westgate there. Um, so not surprising considering how huge that number is and how well-known of a school UNC is that, that sure. people are going to at least take a shot on it. Right. Yeah. Uh, next year will be interesting uh, for people. You know, one of the fun parts of this season for me was having that Kansas future all season from literally last summer. So just because the season is over, doesn't mean you should stop paying attention. Like look for guys that go in the transfer portal and, and look and see if guys are going to unexpectedly return when they could have declared for the draft and who's going to have continuity continuity next season. It, it's kind of fun to fire a few futures over the summer and get numbers that, you know, when I took Kansas at 15 to one, it was thinking that in season, if they do what they're supposed to do, they're going to be one of the favorites to get a one seed. So it would just present good opportunities for hedging down the road. And that's exactly what happened. Uh, one team that, that I did read today, somebody was talking about Arkansas being worth a look to win it all next season that they, you know, muscle musclemen will, will be active in the transfer portal. And I, I believe they have a pretty big time, Recruit going there? Does any Neil Kyle? Have you guys heard that? Uh, I know they have a they had a good draft class, but I don't remember who it is at this point. Okay, so yeah, for futures, you know the usual suspects will be up top: your Duke, Kansas, Kentucky. But uh, look down the list a little bit; you might find some good value on a team that could, you know, have a really good season, and then you have a really good number because you bet it real early. So. Uh, Keep an eye on that stuff. Pay attention. The futures market is uh, is ripe, not just in college hoops, but in in many sports. So with that, let's transition to baseball. Talking about futures markets, um, not a lot of value on the favorite this season, I don't think. Uh, Neil's repping them quite strongly as of right now, but we are all excited for baseball season to start uh, just a couple days, right? We have games on Thursday? Thursday, yep. There were, not every team is in action, though, Not right? every team. Okay, so we'll we'll start on Thursday, and then as the days go, get back in action. Um, what are we, what are we excited for? I mean, obviously we're excited we're having a fucking season, but anybody going to a game soon? I might go next Friday when I'm in Arizona. Just I've never been to the ballpark, and it would just kind of be nice to finally check it off the list. It's a great stadium. I've been there. Yeah. Yeah, I've been outside of it plenty of times, but never stepped foot in it. So I think I'm going to try to finally check that off the list if it works out. I know you're not much of a drinker, but there is a – I don't know if they still do it. Oh, okay, good. I thought, sorry, guys. I thought I muted myself. But um, there's a, a bar at the stadium that you can pay uh, – like you, you buy the cup and then you get a beer for like three bucks and it's like a 20 ounce beer and it lasts the whole time. So you just go back and refill it, just get torched. 
I mean, I, I pick and choose my spots. I'm, I'm a drinker when I choose to drink, but I don't like drinking every day anymore. Yeah, just ask the guy in uh, downtown or Fremont Street that works at that subway if Kyle's yeah. a drinker. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of baseball, if anybody hasn't gone back and listened to episode 129, the last one we recorded before tonight, that was our show with Taylor Mathis. Talked a little NBA, but talked a lot of baseball with her, both how she's going to approach props and uh, some futures that she liked, that we liked. So that's a great one to go back and listen to. Taylor was an awesome guest. But continuing with our shit, uh, what futures have we fired? Win totals, divisions, MVPs, most home runs. What do we got, dads? Joe, I know you had some speaking of the Taylor show. You want to rehash some of what you had? Yeah, Taylor and I were on a couple of the same sides for some MLB futures. She loved the White Sox. I, I didn't, I don't really like that one that much, but um, I, we both love the Blue Jays to win the AL East. It's like plus 250, somewhere in that neighborhood. Love that because all those, the square Yankees and, and Red Sox fans are going to be nuking their team. So you can find value on the Blue Jays. I like Blue Jays team total wins over two. They, they won 91 last year or 92 last year, and it's 91 again, which is kind of fishy. Um, and then everybody forgets that the Blue Jays literally didn't have a home stadium all season last year, and they still won 91, 92 games. So I'm pretty high on them, and they got a young core. I think they're going to be solid and compete in the AL East, even with the Blue Jays or even with the, the Rays, Yankees, and Red Sox. So that'd be one for as far as the AL goes. What do we think of the AL East? I mean, it kind of feels like you just – put those four teams in a hat and pick one. Yeah. yeah I, you know, I would agree with that. Um, lean Toronto though, for me, they've just got all the names they've retooled there. You know, they added pitching depth, which I think is probably the one thing that they lacked a little bit um, out of last year. Um, I'd, I'd say the same thing. Tampa Bay just wants to, I don't understand Tampa Bay and how the Rays do what they do. So, you know, they could be a sleeper, but I mean, Joe's right. You just have all this Homer Yankee money and Homer Red Sox money that'll come in and Toronto's just sort of like a for almost an afterthought, but that team's going to be sick all season. Analytics, bro. That's how the Rays get it done every year. Yeah. And that's too smart for me. <laughs> so yeah, just to put a bow on it, uh, Blue Jays plus 1200 to win the, the uh, World Series. Gonna, that's my first uh, World Series bet. One team that wasn't mentioned in the AL East, Chris Duke, is uh, the one that one might describe them as, I don't know, scum. Do you want to do you want to get a quick word in on your your poop, your Orioles? Are you going to be looking to back them? Oh, man, I'm going to look for my spots. We know means was very good at the beginning. Yeah, and he ended up with like a three five seven or something. So it got went downhill, but that's still decent. Um, we'll find our spots and see if we can uh, catch him as way way inflated home dogs. Yeah, I know nobody gives a fuck about fantasy baseball or fantasy sports in general in this pod, but yeah, I just drafted John Means, so no big deal. Look for a good season <laughs> out of him. For those unfamiliar with the show, Chris is our. Uh, He's our poop better. He's going to look for the teams that no one wants to take, and he's going to fire them when they're plus 200 or maybe a first five at plus 160 and some shit. So if you're going to bet on the worst teams, Chris is right. You do need to pick your spots, and uh, maybe you can go get an advantageous pitching matchup. You can capitalize on guys being rested on the favorite, something like that. So. Uh, the Orioles are not going to be the only team on Chris's list. Maybe we'll touch on a few more of those. Is Matt Harvey back with the Orioles? I hope so. Oh, uh, that'd be incredible. But it's see, that's the thing is it's hard to just fade in blindly because the juice and oh, like, yeah. and I, and I, I try to do it every which way I've did like, you know, the opposite teams, first five team total, but then it's inflated a fuck to like five and a half. It's hard to fire it at that point. Once everybody catches on to the fade, uh, you, you kind of lose that advantage you have where they know everyone's going to fire it. So like Joe said, they'll 
the team totals will be higher than they maybe should be. The juice will be more than it should be. So it's kind of tough when that rolls around. Uh, Neil, other than Dodgers win total over, which is apparently the most free money the books have ever given out. uh, What are you looking at? So going back, let's start off with another guy we love to fade last year. Matt, if I told you that there is a team that literally signed Dylan Bundy and had have every intention of had making him a starting pitcher blindly without knowing the team. And you may know, are we firing an over under on this team? Bundy. God, I, I feel like I heard where he went, but it's escaping me. Joe, do you know? Um, twins. Twins. Oh, right. no. Well, fuck it. So, the Twins, who already had the second worst ERA in the AL last year, only behind the Baltimore Orioles, have now picked up Dylan Bundy. Um, I love the Minnesota under. It's at 81. It went up three games from 78 because I know they were right in line with uh, Detroit. They were right in line of 78. Twins get Carlos Correa. It jumps to 81 and a half. Huge fire for me on the under this team. Again, second worst um, ERA, and they lost their two best pitchers. Barrios left, uh, Pineda's gone. So two guys who had, you know, over 100 innings pitched, ERAs at like three and a half, gone. And they're replacing them with Dylan Bundy and Sonny Gray. Like, <laughs> I – and, oh, and and Chris Archer, right? Like, oh. good luck. This is going to be an over – like, this is going to be, like, a totals over almost every single night because they are going to be able to score some runs, but their pitching is going to be terrible. It's a 73-win team from last season. Like, I don't understand pitching alone. This is going to be the, one of the worst pitching staffs in all of baseball. Um, so I love the Minnesota. I thought it was a gift that it went up three – you know, Carlos Correa is not a is not worth three wins to any line. So, um, for, with Minnesota, wasn't the the general consensus that they underachieved last year because their win total was like around ninety last year? Yeah, right? it was high. Yeah, they it was they, high because two years ago, right? They had a very good season two years ago, so it was high again. And but they were remember, really bad. Like they were really really bad. And a lot of it was because of pitching, like you pointed out, like for them to have the second worst ERA. But they still hit, and right, they hit the second most home runs of any team in the AL last year. So you've seen they, you know, is a home run centric, but you you don't have um, Donaldson anymore. Donaldson's gone, so that's kind of you're just going to swap Donaldson for Correa. I just don't see offensively them being able to put up enough runs to combat just how bad this pitching staff's going to be. And uh, Nelson Cruz was a big part of that too, right? Is he gone? So he is gone. Yeah. He went to Watt to national. Yeah, whether they trade him to Tampa last year at the deadline, and then Nelson Cruz is in. Uh, he's in Washington now. Dude, yeah. How the fuck is Nelson Cruz still in the majors, dude? I swear to fuck, he hits forty homers every goddamn year. He's been he's like he's like forty seven years old at this point, <laughs> and he's probably gonna hit forty homers and have a hundred RBIs like every other fucking season. He I is. We'll, I don't know if we'll have a hundred RBIs. Washington is garbage, but he'll have four. He'll have his forty homers. He's a dad. What he can you say? Most, since 2010, I think he's got the most uh, homers since then over the last like decade or so. So he's a machine for sure. Still going strong. What else, Neil? Uh, uh, going to go back to the well a little bit. I did Cubs under last year. I'm going to do Cubs under again this year. Sorry, so, Taylor. Yeah, I, I just don't see it. I mean, right this thing. So the Cubs go 71-91 last year. And remember, like my whole handicap, my thought process last year was they were just going to sell at the deadline and they sold every fucking piece that they had. Right. So this was like a almost a 500 team. They were 44 and 46 with Chris Bryant, Rizzo, with Baez, with Kimbrell. And then they all left at the trade deadline and they proceed to go like 26 and 50 um, the rest of the year. So. They don't have anybody. I mean, they don't have anybody. They picked up a lot of like weird sort of veteran pitching pieces. Like they added Marcus Stroman and Wade Miley, some guys that just kind of are head scratchers because I'm not exactly sure what direction they're going. Um, 
I think they could be sellers again. And, you know, we don't look at schedules too, too much in baseball because there are 162 games, but like the Cubs really got screwed with interleague play this year, right? A, so the NL Central has to play the AL East, by far the most challenging uh, division. So they've got to go through the Yanks, the Red Sox, Tampa Bay, and Toronto. And then on top of that, obviously they're, um, they're in sort of in-state rival. They've got four games against the White Sox, right? So you just have kind of a gauntlet of an interleague schedule this year that they didn't have last year. I don't see how this team gets better from where they were last year because when they were decent, it's when they had their pieces and their pieces don't exist anymore. So I think this is going to be a team that just continues to struggle um, all season long. I, I kind of hate this Cubs team. They got uh, Chris's boy, Smiley. He's in that oh. rotation too, Drew Smiley. Love some Smiley. Oh, hammer. Hammer fade that cock. <laughs> so I want to ask this about baseball, and then we can get back to any more futures. Obviously, we have a universal DH now. How does that affect the way we look at totals, Joe? Um, I mean, they're naturally going to be a little bit higher, I suppose, because you got basically four or five at-bats with an actual hitter, or I guess you could double it if it's both NL teams, but – um, yeah, I don't know how much it's going to affect it. Uh, I think it's more affecting it, it. It helps NL teams that would formerly have to pull their pitcher early because they're in a spot where they need to leave or they would have to pull their pitcher because they could score a run, right? They would have to pull them out, put a p- pinch hitter in, but now they could let that pitcher stay in and also keep their lineup. So it's, I think that's where it, it, it kind of goes both ways there. And I've kind of been thinking about this, man, from a perspective, you know, we did a, you know, you and I both did a lot of strikeout props for pitching strikeout props. So I've kind of been torn because just like Joe said, you know, we always worried, you know, you get to the fifth inning and your guy's rolling, he needs one more strikeout, but it's he's second up, you know, to bat. Are they going to let him hit? Are they going to pinch it for him? What are they going to do? You get rid of that to Joe's point, like so you're not worried about that so much. So if your guy's dealing, he's gonna go back out for the sixth. But at the same time, for NL, you don't have, you know, at for pitcher, you're not facing pitcher to pitcher anymore. So where you used to get, you know, what at, I think it was Alex Wood had like at one point during the season, Alex Wood had 19 at bats and 18 strikeouts, right? So you're not gonna face a pitcher. So it's gonna be interesting to see where they sort of deal some of these. NL pitcher strikeout props, at least, you know, especially to the beginning of the season. Yeah. Counting on that free strikeout or two or three when it's, you know, the pitcher spot in there, it's, it's a total game changer. And I'm curious what the books are going to do with the numbers. Like, are they just going to slightly inflate and raise some of this stuff? Like, like Joe said, naturally, I mean, you would think hits will be up and scoring will be a little bit up now that you have an actual hitter in there, but I guess, I guess we'll have to see these first two series will be really telling to see how that plays out with the DH. I mean, I don't know how I personally feel about it, but I mean, whatever it is, what it is. And we're going to have to adapt. Yeah. Whatever algorithm they have for the AL all these years, they'll probably just apply to the NL and, you know, it'll be a thing of the past in a few weeks. We'll be telling our, uh, our kids someday, you guys, do you guys know pitchers used to hit? Yeah, and it was fucking awesome. And some of them actually could hit, and that was fucking sick. Um, right. Bad I will bump. say there, there was nothing. Yeah, there was nothing better than seeing like Bumgarner and seeing. Um, I remember Carlos Zambrano with a bat in his hand was oh, was legendary, incredible back in the day. Like I love that guy. Nothing will top Bartolo Colon's bomb in San Diego. <laughs> yeah. yeah, agreed. <laughs> Agreed. Wow. Although, uh, Mad Bum going yard twice on opening day against Arizona was Electric City, and I was there, which was fucking awesome. But fuck you, Mark Melanson, for not being able to get three outs and blowing the save and losing anyways. Jeez. Any last uh, win totals or futures you want to throw out quick? Yeah, real quick, I'm going to do one an, an, an over. Um, and I think just it kind of was, it was an interesting case study. So, the Seattle Mariners last season, and as for our, our boys at Turtle Sports who love themselves some Mariners, um, 
they go 90 and 72 last season, had a phenomenal year record wise. They had a negative 51 run differential on the season, right? The only team to be above 500, and they're well above 500, right? Yet they had a negative 51 run differential. So their season win total is down, it's 84 and a half. Normally, I would look and say, okay, there's a you know clear regression given the given you know the run diff. I think they upgraded just enough though. Like they had a the one of the worst batting averages in the league last year, and they you know they replace they get Adam Frazier, who's a 300 hitter. You know they pick up Eugenio Suarez and Wink and Winker, like, and then they have like the two really young kids who were like 23 and uh, Kelnick and. I forget what the other kid's name who like both hit a buck 80 and had like 300, you know, at plus at bats. So, and these were highly ranked like MLB prospects. Right. So I think if, if they can come around these offensive pieces that they have added from other teams that weren't there last year, they pick up Robbie Ray, Cy Young, you know, award winner to go along with like Flexen, who was a home God at the end of last year. Right. I mean, we backed him, a number of times at the end of last year um, and Gilbert, like, I think this is, you know, and the AL, the AL West isn't great. You know, the Houston should come back. Oakland's a dumpster fire. Um, Texas is a couple years away. Like I think at 84, I almost want to say that they dropped this number too low. I think Seattle's going to be a fairly decent team. The challenge Houston um, you know, for the West challenge for a wild card there at the end of the year, I like Seattle at 80 over 84 and a half wins. I certainly, I would trust them more than I would trust the angels at 84 and a half. I was going to say, I, I apparently just looking through Twitter and seeing people's futures, they're firing. Apparently people are still betting angels win total overs, um, uh, year after year after year. How many times do we have to see the angels just stub their toe and find a way to underachieve? Talk about over gods was the angels. Remember yeah. we were nuking the overs, team totals, all that shit. Dude, they were they're a fun team to bet on. It's just a real shame that Adam was so high on them for the entire season. We kept getting fucked. Yes, that that is accurate. Uh, Seattle is that the longest playoff drought in Major League Baseball? I thought I read that about the Mariners. I don't know. Seems like it could be. No, I feel like I just had a trivia question, and it's at recently, and it was actually the Phillies. No, no, it's the majors. It's the majors. Yeah, um, or sorry, it, it is them. Twenty seasons. Twenty seasons. Mariners. Man, that's crazy. Postseason droughts. Seattle Mariners. Yeah, the two thousand one ALCS. Ken Griffey Jr. Yeah, I was going to say, how many players can we name from Edgar Martinez? Edgar um, Martinez, that was probably a Randy Johnson year. And Bueller, was Bueller who's the bald headed dude? Jay Buner? Buner, yeah. Buner? That, is that the year they won 106 games or something? I was going to say that was when they won a ton of games, yeah. That too. Uh, the Phillies are second. It's been 10 seasons since the Phillies have been in. Um, Oh, my God, the Angels are tied for the third. Wow, that's pretty funny. Pirates, 2015 and a wild card. Um, I don't remember that at all, but. Classic. Okay. (laughs) Nate Sherholtz cock. Wow. Um, All right, so, yeah, we're excited about baseball. We're going to see what kind of content we can put together for uh, April, first month of the season, and – it's going to be a long ride, but hang in there with us. Follow Fade U Sports. Follow the guys. I know Joe will probably have a lot of baseball stuff. Uh, Joe, you, are you going to fire any Nerfies, Yerfies? Oh, shitload of them. A Can't lot wait. of them. Yeah. You guys will, I'll post them to Twitter. You can follow or fade. It'll be a good time. There's nothing better than a Nerfie. It's my favorite bet in all sports. Chris, who are the other poop teams you're going to look for? We talked about the Orioles. Who else is on the scum list? I think like Joe and I talked about before the pod, uh, probably look at the Diamondbacks a little bit just because they're in that, you know, powerful division uh, in a West and you always get a little bit of value when the Dodgers come to town. Maybe if the um, Giants based off their last season are a little um, inflated and, you know, 
Rockies, all that. So we'll see. We'll take a look at them. They always seem to play. We always laugh. We send each other those snake emojis when uh, oh, they'd be the best one. Plus, <laughs> the best. Yeah. Plus 150 at home. And But like you said, we might need to take a look at them first five just because if their bullpen's going to be dog shit again, you don't want to get fucked in the eighth and ninth inning. So maybe first five value. Yeah, the Rockies are going to be scum too, but there'll be spots where, you know, at Coors Field when they score 27 runs, you'll be able to get a dog. Who's your pitcher we like, Neil? The Rockies. The dude who is really good at home, the young guy. Is it German Marquez? No, he no he's a, good he too, a, though. Yeah, he was a, he's a tall lefty. Um, give me a sec, I'll find it. Yeah, he was kind of like Means. He started out really, really hot. Austin kind of like Gomber. Gomber. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, that dude was pretty good. And some of these guys we talked about had insane uh, home road splits, too, I think. I know for a fact Flexen was one of them. And um, Flexen was amazing. Yeah, especially he's shout out Chris Flexen, too, because he's from my hometown. That's right. That's right. Uh, so keep it. Yeah. Keep an eye out on for for Gomber. Uh, the other one, Matt. Yeah, the other one, yeah. Matt, was uh, Blake Snell's home road splits. <laughs> oh yeah, that was a fun one. Yeah, he Snell. was like a he had like a two ERA at home, and like a six and change on the road. He was awful on the road. I love that guy. I can't I wait for the Dodgers to start Andrew Heaney for us. That's going to be amazing. Wow, that Remember, would be. He's another, a, yeah, he's another with the fade guys, or he was a, he was a Yurfy guy. And okay. yeah, the Dodgers are starting him or going to start him. The Dodgers have resurrected a number of guys and they have made some guys who are just okay on other teams into stars. And if they can, if they can resurrect Andrew Heaney, that will be truly impressive. Um, all right. Good stuff. Yeah. Baseball. I mean, it, it's going to be a good time. So as if that wasn't enough going on, uh, we have the Masters starting in two days. And holy fuck, are we excited about the Masters? Tiger Woods, as of this recording, is going to play. Now, I've heard a lot of discourse on Twitter over the last couple of days. There is one camp that says, if there was ever a guy you can never bet against, it's Tiger. And, and he's if anyone can do it and make the cut and contend after the shit he's been through, it's him. And then there's another camp that says there's just no way it's not humanly possible. Fade the hype, bet on him to miss the cut, bet against him in matchups. Chris, what do you think? Yeah, you guys are kind of, I mean, I agree. If there's anybody that you don't want to fuck with, I just think it's, I'm going to look to, I'm going to look to, to lean to against it i just think yes it's cool he's out there walking it's practice rounds i just don't know if he can uh can hang out there when it when it's you know push comes to shove because i think last time didn't it take him a little bit last time he came back he he got oiled up in 18 and then in 19 they, there was the talk of he might and that was when you matt got him at a great value and you guys hit that that future and you came all over the place so everywhere Everywhere. It was, it was very sticky. Uh, uh, Kyle, what do you think? I mean, it's probably somewhere in between both camps. Like, I I don't feel like the competitor tiger is that he'd go out there not thinking, like he said that he could win it. Is he going to contend? Like, I don't, I don't feel like that's possible given, you know, what he's gone through, but I mean, I'm definitely for, for shits and kicks. Like I'm definitely going to bet on him to make the cut. Uh, just, I mean, he knows that course so well. It, it's just, I feel like the weekend that's where it's going to be hard. I, you know, fatigue, endurance, you know, the leg, even his back, you know, his old injuries, you know, it's, it, I, and I haven't even checked the weather. So, <laughs> you know, I know today got, or yeah, today got rained out. So he's practicing tomorrow, another nine holes. So who knows? Um, but I mean, you can never count a guy like that out. He's, he's got that, you know, Mamba mentality, if you will, you know, he's just, he's got the killer instinct. He's got that thing that very few guys across yeah. any sport have ever had. Right. Joe, what do you think? How, how do we, how should people look at tiger this week? 
I'm with Christopher and also with our mom, Kelly, in our group chat, looking to fade him on matchups and everything. I, I'm not opposed to firing some Tiger bets on the weekend, but risk right now because it's just the uncertainties there. We don't know. I think he's going to be able to play golf. I don't think that motherfucker is going to be able to walk. I think that's going to be the issue because Augusta is incredibly hard to walk. So, you know, I, I, I there's nothing. I, I don't want to bet on his first two rounds i'll do something on the weekend if he makes the cut but i do like chris said i do lean out I, I like i said the other day i'd probably put a lot of money on the him not making the cut prior mm-hmm. but that's the only bet i'd place so right have, you, have you seen the lines like what he is for matchups like is it even worth fading them i have not seen them yet i looked prior to this podcast there was nothing in our books for me to see so those are the only things i would lean towards but i just don't have enough information right now to be able to fire anything yeah yeah like i mean i i I could definitely follow you with fading them i just i just even given the odds i've already seen minus for him to win it 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 feels like he'd still i don't know I, i feel like if I'm getting plus money on him to win a matchup, like I'd do it. Otherwise, of course, yeah, I'm going to fade it. You know, it's just all on what the numbers say. Dude, it's all the uncertainty. We just don't yeah. know what the fuck he's going to be able to do. What if he right. What if he plays nine holes and has to retire? Like, that's yeah, know, yeah. That, that's what we fear. Yep, that would make me we, really sad. <laughs> we are talking about the same guy that won the U.S. Open on one leg. Yep. <laughs> yeah, when he didn't get in a car accident 400 days prior and fucking almost have his like amputated if anybody can do it i'm not <laughs> i'm not fading him fuck you guys yeah um, i don't want to i mean <laughs> he makes my wiener feel funny so i don't want to fade him but the my brain takes uh takes over in this instance there has, has been anybody here like ever seen tiger woods in person like within five feet yes like, yes on open isn't uh, he riviera like, isn't his I, I saw him in the 2008 open and his physique like he was one of it was one of the most intimidating like people i've ever like stood next to just his demeanor the confidence it was just it was you know quite beautiful honestly but it was like wow like that's tiger woods and just posture everything about the guy was truly <laughs> breathtaking I had, I had the exact opposite experience I've, I've seen him at Riviera twice and both times he missed a cut and played like absolute shit <laughs> so um yeah I've seen the exact opposite but I mean yeah he's intimidating but that doesn't mean shit when the motherfucker can't walk right now he looked uh in his interview yesterday he looked very big up top and I think, Chris, you had said, well, yeah, what the fuck else are you going to do when you can't do anything with your legs? You're going to lift and you're going to get huge. Right. Yeah, like Massive, uh, strong. And uh, but I guess Freddie Couple says his driver's looking good, which makes sense. But uh, obviously, we know in these matches and these majors, it's fine if you can get off the tee. But what are you going to do once, you know, you hit maybe an errant? iron and now you got to get up and down and stuff is, is all that key which is uh which is why it's you know it's people like younger guys might have a little advantage cam well, Smith, yeah, dude. taking time working on a short game since tpc so guys are getting really honed in on this course yeah and i can just see him hitting out of the pine straw where you have no you you have no grip with your feet and like one bad swing he tweaks his knee or leg that's all fucked up and it's over and that's what you know Ah, it's tough. It's tough. Our book does have one tournament matchup, and they have Tiger versus Fat Patrick Reed. And uh, they got Reed at minus 190 over Tiger. Yeah, that makes sense. I, mean, that line, I think that line's perfect. Reed's going to, if Reed makes the cut, he's, I mean, that's where that factor is, dude. Reed's going to be, if he makes the cut, he's going to go to Sunday. Tiger can make the cut and, and retire on Saturday, you know? All right. Well, who uh, who are we betting, and what are we looking at to bet uh, here at Augusta? Now, Kyle, you mentioned the weather, so they're going to get more rain tomorrow. That course is going to be soft on Thursday. These guys are going to be firing. I almost want to look for a um, a winning score under number if it's going to be soft on Thursday, and then it's, I think it's going to be it's not going to be cold, but it's going to be a cooler 
uh, weekend it looks like. And, but the rain is, yeah, a little bit today and then tomorrow, Wednesday for Wednesday practice rounds too. So the course will be nice and soft on Thursday. So we might have some guys go low, but who are we, who are we looking at Joe? I placed two uh, winners of the tournament. Uh, Brooks Kepka, just because that's my homer bet. I love him. Um, and he's just unbelievable in the majors. And then the other one is my dad that Chris doesn't like, but I love him, who's one of the hottest golfers on the planet, and that's Victor Hovland. I think that dude's irons are dialed right now. And on greens that are softer like this, he is going to be a force to be reckoned with. And let's not forget when Tiger did win the uh, Masters, guess who was low amateur or amateur, however they fucking say it. It was Victor Hovland. Yeah, that Hovland has, he's got a nice cock um, and he's going to do it one of these times. Uh, Joe, you don't, lo- you don't love Brooks Kepka. You would have a baby with Brooks Kepka. That's how, yes. let's not underscore the, the man love you have for Brooksy. It could not be quantified how much I love him. And it's not even his golf game as much as his, I love his personality and his outlook on golf. I think he's fucking hilarious. He says like, oh, yeah, we need to cut golf to like 14 holes so we can get to the bar quicker after. And then when he did the ESPN body issue, he said uh, he, he actually lost weight and lost like 20 yards on his driver because he wanted to have a six pack for the fucking body issue. <laughs> I'm like, dude, that's just amazing. It's like it's good to see. He's like the a big fuck you to every other old golf fan that's like so you know put together. Brooks is gonna put a fat dip in and walk around and spit that motherfucker all all over Augusta, Georgia, and that is hot. Kmar, who you got? Yeah, so I got I got three to win as well as finishing the top ten to. Hopefully uh, make the money back on some of them, but I got Patrick Reed, Zach Johnson, and Matthew Wolf. Definitely Thursday with the weather. I'm kind of liking uh, Matt Wolf a little bit. I might I might throw a couple more shekels on him to be first round leader. Um, you know he's got a little longer. All these players. You know, I was kind of going through the list with with Lance, my father in law, last night. So. You know, those are kind of the three that we picked. He watches a lot more golf than I am. So, you know, Zach Johnson is definitely the dark horse, but, you know, we feel with how all three have been playing lately, um, you know, and the way the course is set up for how they shape shots, you know, those are three, you know, fairly good, good picks to win it. And, you know, the, in case, you know, they're not quite there, you know, finish in the top 10. I fucking hate Patrick Reed. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of him either, but he uh, he could still do well this weekend. Well, yeah, he's won it, so unfortunately, that fat piece of shit. What's his deal? Has he had uh, injuries lately? He switched irons, and he can't hit those motherfuckers. He went, he, he, uh, went from TaylorMade to PXG, and he can't hit them. And he lost his Nike, scholar, or Nike uh, uh, sponsorship and all this other bullshit because he's such a scumbag. So I have a future from uh, February. I have to shout out to my my actual biological dad. Uh, he wanted Zalatoris back in February, and he said he he's heard that Zalatoris has added a little bit of length. That he's talking about really just trying to put it together in the majors. He finished second at Augusta last year. Uh, so we took Zalatoris in February at forty to one. I think our book has him thirty now, and other books have him twenty five. Uh, he is first in strokes gained tee to green, second in strokes gained approaching the green, and ninth in greens and regulation. So he finished second last year. I have him to win. Um, and looking forward to hopefully watching that skinny fuck get to the back nine on Sunday in contention. Yeah, Maddie, I conversely, uh, fade you sports. I actually took Zaltoris to miss, miss the cut three to one. Well, fuck you. <laughs> i'm just fading the narrative because watching him play last year was unbelievable the dude's sick so everybody's gonna want to be really high on him i'll just be that one guy that wants him to fucking uh miss the cut and that's me three to one i mean miss the cut props you can get nice plus money i remember i think the one i wanted to do last year was rory and i don't remember betting it but did rory miss the cut last year 
Maybe I'm thinking of somebody else. It was he was either last year or the year before. Rory just fucking was horrible. Like, Whenever his over. his swing was all fucked, and he he was playing horrible, and you could get him a good plus money to miss the cut. The one guy I'm going to look for, our book doesn't have it yet. I'm definitely going to go Bryson to miss the cut. Uh, the all the shit he did to his body, um, he's finally paying for it in the form of injuries and. Um, that guy, I, I just, when your game is not right, this is not the place you want to be trying to find it. Right. And it, uh, to piggyback off that, if you're going to fire him to miss the cut, there's a three ball bet uh, first round with uh, Cam Smith, Bryce DeChambeau, Paul Casey. I'm going to fire uh, Cam Smith minus 110 to win the three ball there. So if you think he's going to, mi- if you think DeChambeau is going to miss the cut, that's a good bet to start it with. Not bad at all. Uh, any last things anybody has? Not a Xander top 20 minus 120. He's finished in the top 10 three times at the Masters. Hovland top 20 is minus 130. Uh, Max home of three ball against Lowry and Nah. You got to think he's probably the best player in that group. Plus 160 for the first round. Peace. And then, and then uh, just a straight up matchup. Cam Smith for Scotty Scheffler. Fading the world number one. Going to take Cam Smith plus 105. Yeah, a lot of love for Scheffler this week. Um, world number one. Dude's been playing out of his mind, so maybe this is the right spot. What's his best Masters finish? Do we know? Scotty? Scotty. He's only probably played in He's one, He's probably right? played in one, right? I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what it is, but just fade the world number one. That's the whole the whole narrative there. Yeah. All right, guys, good shit. Um, I don't know where Chris went. Maybe he got disconnected because he's always driving. Maybe well, he died. We have had car accidents live on pod before. So let's. Yeah. He sent be. us a text. I think he's okay. Let's hope that didn't happen. Um, got disconnected. All right. Well, that's a, that's a loaded show. Uh, Going to miss college basketball over the next few months, but we have a lot to look forward to with major league baseball. And uh, of course the masters this weekend. So Stay tuned. We'll be back. Uh, we do have a couple more guests planned over the next couple of weeks. We're going to try to get, um, going to try to get Ariel Epstein on. Uh, she's very busy, but she's excited. Baseball starting. We're going to try to get her. Uh, I got a hockey guy. I'm going to get in touch with before the NHL playoffs. And not uh, a mush. Not a mush. Going to get not a mush. So we got a lot of good stuff coming up. Stick with us. Uh, make sure you're following us at Fade You Sports. Find the YouTube. Find the TikTok. And we'll keep stuff coming. So for Joe, for Neil, for Kyle, for Chris, uh, somebody tell us what happens when you bet on poop. Take it, Joe. Sometimes Tiger Woods misses the cut. Fuck out of you.